Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. Well, um, let me add a happy Mother's Day to you all. And a reminder, it would be a great day to actually communicate if your mom's still alive, if you're still in a relationship and you could do it all sorts of ways because it's an early morning for us. And I love my mother enough not to call her at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, we started by text, but then I'll talk to her later. She lives in Medford. I'm not able to be with her. But you could still make the most if you're not physically present. You could send a gift. You can offer a hug. You can uh, make a meal. You could spend time. The point is, uh, on, on any day, but especially a holiday, you can make the most of it and communicate how you feel and what you're thinking in a variety of ways. And in the same way, what we're looking at over this season in our life as a church is how we hear God. God is communicating all the time, just like you can send a text, you can call, you can go. In, in similar ways, God is making his will known to us, and what we want to do is grow. And this isn't just to, to say, check the box, I've quote-unquote heard from God. No, God is relational, and he desires just like a good mom or a good dad, dad desires ongoing friendship. Uh, our, our kids are getting older, and in one sense it was easier when you could just buckle them up and they're stuck. You know, just they're buckled in and they're, they're stuck. And they are with you. Whether they like it, you like it, it's just there. But as, as life goes on and those choices can be made, the most thrilling thing is, is when your child wants to be with you. And you know what? God loves it when we say we want to be with him. So the goal of our little discussion here on hearing God is not just to become puffed up on what we know about God, but to actually encounter him and know him and hear him and listen and do what he says and enjoy the life that he's mapped out for us. And just because there's always people coming and going, a little bit of a recap. We've spent a few weeks talking about how we hear God. We're going to throw it up on the screen. Three primary ways. These are foundational. We hear God in Jesus, who is the living word. God made himself visible and lived among us, and we've seen him. We know him. We know his words. We know what he did. So we look to Jesus. If you want to hear from God, just read the words of Jesus, and you are hearing God. We also hear God in Scripture, which is the written word. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable and useful to train us and build us and equip us to be the men and women God created us to be. And we also hear God through prayer. It's, it's not just static in a book, but it's alive and active, and we can, we can actually offer our soul and our life to God knowing He hears and interacts with us. Yes, He knows our thoughts, but, but even in a like child-parent relationship humanly, don't you just love it when, when a child presents their needs humbly? Not like, mine, 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 now, now, now. But humbly says, like, mom, dad, this is what I need. And the father loves to hear from us. And there's something beautiful about us learning to listen to God. And hopefully we're growing. And when we're in our community groups, we want to push ourselves and be honest about what our life is like in actually listening to God. This is a discipline we can grow in. 
but those aren't the only ways. And so today, just kind of big picture, we're going to tease it out over the next four or five Sundays. I want to just throw out some other ways you see in the Bible God making his will known. What are some other ways you see in the Bible? Well, to do that, we'll just start today in Acts chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 21, and then we'll jump uh, towards the towards the end of Acts chapter 2. And in the weeks to come, we'll come back to this in some other places. But how does God speak? Well, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to re- rest on each of them. And all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit uh, enabled them. Talk about unexpected. Now, Jesus had said, stay in Jerusalem to his disciples. And at this time, there were about 120 men and women, young and old. And as they are waiting in Jerusalem, as Jesus had said, uh, what happens is this celebration happens in Jerusalem. And Those who were Jewish obviously know the pattern. You celebrate Passover, which is around the time that Jesus was crucified and rose again. And and Passover is the remembrance of God's great deliverance, God's salvation in time and space. God really took his people who called on his name, and he brought them out of darkness and slavery in Egypt, and he walked them out into victory and to the land that he prepared for them God delivers, God saves. That's Passover. But 50 days later, you have this, fe- this feast, this celebration called Pentecost, Pente, 50, uh, meaning 50 days after. And it's the celebration of grain harvest. It's mostly an agricultural world that Jesus is born into. And so you celebrate with the sacrifice of a lamb, God's salvation, through the loss of an innocent and the blood over the doorposts, men and women could be saved. It's a picture of Jesus. It's a reminder in history of what Jesus would do once for all people who would trust in him, those who were in the house and by faith said, God, you are going to protect me. Those are the people who are saved. And in, in the same way, those of us who humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I cannot save myself. I cannot forgive my past. I cannot rescue my today. And I certainly can't plan my future but I'm resting and trusting in your perfect work. Those are the ones who are rescued. But again, 50 days later, we remember that God not only rescues, but he provides daily bread. And around the time of Jesus, the Pentecost celebration uh, took on more meaning than just he provides grain and, and, and wheat and bread and food. Yes, he does do that. But it was also a remembrance that God gave living bread 50 days after they left Egypt, they went onto the mountain and God gave his word. So God gave Moses his law, his word, his teaching, his his manifesto of how to live in light relationship with him and with other people. And so Pentecost took on this meaning that, yes, we remember God provides daily bread, like real food to eat, and he's our provider and sustainer, but he He's also given us the word that we would know him. And, and so Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but at every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We've been gifted by God. We've been rescued 
and set free and saved, and now we've been provided for. God woke us up this morning. Man, we ought to rejoice. You have another day. I, I was sick for like eight days straight. I was coughing so hard, I lost my voice. I was coughing so hard, this is gross, but I was like dry heaving, trying to throw up because my throat was saying, something in there, and then my wrist of my body was saying, there's nothing there. It's just bad. I was just cough, cough, cough. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It was terrible. I'm better now, although I'm spitting on you, so God help you. Um, <laughs> but I want us to think about the daily provision of God. He provides breath in our lungs. He provides a place to stay. He provides food to eat. He provides transportation. He provides all that we need for life and godliness. And he's given us himself. He's given us his word. So remember, when we think about hearing God, primary, foundational, super important, Jesus, the living word, the scriptures, the written word, prayer, this communication, this life with God. This was the rhythm of Israel. This is the rhythm of those who follow Jesus. Now, I want you to see what happened here because a lot of this was expected. Jesus said the Spirit's going to come. But what's unexpected is how it happens and how they actually encounter God in these moments. And I just want us to expand in our mindset the possibilities that God is communicating with you and I in ways that are beautiful and real and right, but they just might not seem the ordinary for us. None of these that I'm going to talk about today match up against the reality of that we have Jesus, we have the written word, and we have the life with God in prayer. But there, there seem to be other ways. Let's just keep reading. Verse 5. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears in our own native language? And then they list out. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, uh, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Now some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. The Holy Spirit had been promised. Jesus had promised, Father's going to send the Spirit. You're not going to be without comfort. But the way it happened is surprising. And, and here's this little, little line that we, we just go past. Aren't they all Galileans? It was a slam. The Galileans in their day had a very distinct accent. So it's like the New Yorkers uh, hearing a deep, deep, deep South Southerner and saying, oh, isn't that interesting? Is that the same language, you know? Or those in the south thinking the same things about those in the north. This was a slam. Galileans are seen as unsophisticated, uneducated. So people are there in Jerusalem at this festival at the right time when the world has gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate God giving the word. The Spirit comes and, and suddenly they hear uneducated, unschooled, low class in their view. It was a slam. These people are declaring God's praises in languages that they 
are, they know are theirs, but they know that these Galileans don't know by human training. Um, this is unexpected. And so a couple of things just to think big picture. What we see on this day of Pentecost, which is a one-time event. This is the launching of the church. Jesus said he's going to send the Spirit, and then the Spirit is going to send us out. What happens here, the ripple effects, as crazy as it sounds, are being felt 2,000 plus years later as the Spirit is here and the Spirit is at work in you and in me. But two things that we see here, it's visual. When we think about hearing God, yes, it's visual. Every time I read the words of, of the Bible, I am, I am hearing God's thoughts. I am reading God's mind. I know what God has said when I, when I read the text. But there's a visual thing going on. There's not a wind, but it feels like there's a moving in the room. They see it. They see these tongues of fire, this, these flames above their heads. They, they can't explain it, but they, they know the evidence that God is there. And it's verbal. They are hearing something that is from God, and they perceive that it is not ordinary. It's not them you know, speaking in a, a language they know. It is God speaking through them. It's visual and it's verbal. And then when you think about the visible way that God makes himself known, the verbal way, what it leads to is something beautiful. Just keep reading verse 14. The crowd hears a voice. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Evidently, you're not allowed to get drunk till noon or whatever. I don't, but they're like, come on, guys. They're not drunk. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's just say that line together, that final line. One, two, three. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what you have here is this mash of God speaking. He's spoken through his son. And so these are the disciples of the son who promised that he's going to go to the father and prepare a place for them, but he would not leave them without comfort. He would be with them and in them. And notice that they're grounding the experience in the written word of God. Peter says, you guys should not be surprised. God had already said when Messiah comes and does what only Messiah can do, save, this is what's going to happen. And the Spirit is going to come on all people, young, old, men, women. And so in the end, what is visible, what they see, which is striking, it gets their attention, is now made verbal and God's servant rises up, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and shares these words to invite them. Everyone who calls on Jesus can experience the same rescue 
of Passover and now of Pentecost, we can now step into all that God had been doing. And this is the gift of God. Folks, you, you need to respond to it. And so just jump down to verse uh, 37, because Peter, when, when, when they don't know what to do, he says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what do we do? And Peter replied, repent, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number on, on that day. So, so what starts in a room with 120 and some obvious visual manifestations of the presence of God, wind, but where's the wind coming from? It's not just wind, it's the Spirit. And tongues of fire, and it's, no, it's not about tongues of fire, it's about the presence of God that somehow they could perceive. So they ask, what is this? And it's visual, which leads to it becoming verbal. And someone gets up and explains the Bible. And here's the evidence that God is among them. And it's not in the tongues, although that has value and importance. And it's not in the preacher, although Peter does a decent job here, I, I would think. 120 grows to 3,000 in one day. That's the miracle that this good news goes from a few and the promise that Jesus had gave. It's better that I go to the Father. It's better that I go away. Why? Greater things will you do when I go to the Father. Greater things will happen through you because I'll send you the Spirit. And when we have the Spirit, we know that God's presence is with us. But God's presence with us, hear me, is not about just tingly feelings of, you ever been to a good concert and you're like, wow, that was way better than the album? Like, you know, you heard the album, you're in the car, you're belting it out, it's wonderful, but then you go to the concert and then the lights, and the smoke, and then suddenly, you know, the singer comes out and is belting it exactly like the album, it's called Auto-Tune, and he's playing and singing over his own tracks, you know that but you're still wowed by it. And then the screens and then the graphics. And then, and then you look at your friend like, can you feel it? I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> and are you feeling it? Yes, you are feeling it. There is something about the human experience that is wonderful and beautiful. We have to recognize that God has hardwired us to recognize things that are beyond what we can explain. Because the album and the, and the music is good, but then when you're there in the room with the others, and it's good, 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 mo good, good. And we, we understand that. So, so for us, when we think about hearing God, the end result of when we say that we should expect God in the unexpected is not just feelings of wow. It's to look back on those days and see Look at the evidence of changed lives and look at what God has done. Because the church begins to explode and you have 3,000 and 5,000 and this movement that Jesus promised would cover the ends of the earth and touch people around the world is still touching people and we could trace it back to this day. Now, so what's, 
what's new or what should we think about? Just a couple of things today, and I want to tease them over the next few weeks. And in our community groups, I want us to honestly talk about these things because they really matter. I don't think anyone's going to argue if I suggest that we hear God through Jesus, <laughs> the living word. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. And in a church like ours, that we hear God through the Bible, the written word, the scriptures, I don't think I'm going to get much argument about that. No, although prayer is mysterious, and Stephen and Steve helped us to get our hands around what prayer is and how simple and non-complicated it is, but the invitation is to consistently listen to God and bring our heart to God. I don't think most of us are say, like, oh, I don't know if we can hear God that way. It's these other things that honestly, when we're in a church setting, depending on where we come from and what our trajectory or our background or our understanding for some reason, it can become divisive, although it doesn't have to be. But when you read the text, God makes himself clear to them in ways that are just beyond Jesus and Bible and prayer. When the Spirit comes, something visual happens. So just a couple of thoughts for today. First is we hear God in visual ways. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So what you have here is visions and dreams. And the moment you say that, you know, for some of you are like, yeah, finally, we're getting some of the good stuff. Others are like, mm-hmm, yep, I knew it. We, th this is where we were going. And I'm just here to suggest to you, it's in the text. That the promise of God and this is what's the mind-blowing part. Don't get caught up in the visions and dreams. It's young and old. It's men and women. That the Holy Spirit, who would come upon the king, who would come upon the prophet, who would come upon the priest, who would come upon the person for a small period of time so that God's people would know God's words. Now, because of death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and this good news that has been given to all mankind, anyone, anywhere could be useful to God in any way that God wants to use. And this is the invitation, is to see that God might want to do more to communicate his heart and his love towards me. But I think more than that, to communicate his heart and love towards other people. And sometimes that will be visions and dreams. What is that all about? Just a quick quote that gives some like context to this by Pete Gregg. In Bible times, dreams were one of the most consistent and powerful ways in which God communicated. This is particularly worth noting because they are perhaps one of the least respected and least practiced ways of listening to God in the West today. We should just pay attention to that. The fact is almost every major character in the Bible received highly significant dreams and visions from God. Some were symbolic, others were warnings, and many were a means of specific guidance. And this was not just an occasional phenomenon for the mystically inclined, but one of the main ways God chose to speak to his people and, and quote on that. When you read the storyline of the Bible, which is, again, we're grounding ourselves. If our foundation is Jesus, the living word, the scriptures, the written word, prayer, the communicated word, God to us, us to God, then, then you have to come to grips with the reality of all over the Bible, God is making himself known to us in tangible, visible ways that, that awaken us 
they awaken us to the reality that God is present and should stir us. Because usually what happens when the person receives this vision or this dream, they're amazed in awe and fear because they recognize God has been among them and it causes the person to pursue God, to long for him, to, to understand what God is saying. And in the same way, I just wonder if we could be open to that kind of hearing from him. I, I could give you lots of stories. I'll just give you one from uh, a couple that are a part of our church. Um, Carl and Laura, they're, they're not here uh, today, but Carl's the founder of uh, a ministry that we support, many of you support, called Remember New. And Carl was an uh, insurance business owner and just doing his corporate thing at a missions conference living in Ohio. Those of you who know the story, and a, a, a missionary told the story of a young girl named New that had been trafficked in the sex trade and, and he was just gripped by it. Now, hundreds of people, if not thousands, heard that story, but he was particularly gripped by it. Couldn't shake it. So he talked with the person and he was so compelled that he was to find New. So he starts taking these trips into Asia to find a young girl who he's never met because he is supposed to find her. And after multiple trips, if you know the story, he ends up finding her and inviting her to say like, look, I, God has just gripped me. And the way he puts it was, God communicated to him, remember new. And it was more than like, remember one girl who had a horrific, horrific thing happened to her. He goes, no, remember that I'm a God who rescues people out of bondage. And I'm calling you to rescue. So you know the story. He ends up selling his business. And this is now, I don't know how many years later, they have started just this one ministry, 120 homes in 16 countries, 2,340 young children have been rescued out of potential sale into the sex trade because someone heard from God in a way that wasn't just like reading James or wasn't sitting alone. It was he heard a word, but the word became a vision from God for him, and he couldn't shake it. There's lots of stories uh, we could tell. I'll throw in a bonus because it's mom day, Mom's Day and I, I love you. Um, but, but you're sitting in part of the fulfillment of, of something that was shown. Carmen and I were going to the movies just down the road in Tennisbourne, right up here off Evergreen, you know, the Regal, right down there. And we're going to have a movie and, and, and we're driving home, I think. We weren't driving, I think we were driving home. And I just blurred out, I think we're going to plant a church right around here. And I'm like, what in the world did I just say? But it was, it was a, not a, a vision of grip me like, like lights and glowing and regal, you know, but, 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 but just this knowing, I think the Lord's going to use this to plant a church like in this spot. And we're literally less than two miles from that spot. So, so, now, we didn't immediately jump on it. It was one of those, it, it was freaky, disturbing, and I'm like, I'm rebuking it because I had no intention of ever doing anything like this. 
But what you do is when, when God is communicating, like Carl could not get rid of remember new, you bring it to people and you pray about it. You think you don't immediately jump and you don't immediately throw it out. You take time and you hold on to it to see, is this something that's from God? But here, here's the thing I want us to get is that because of the coming of the Holy Spirit, everything that I just said, well, Carl started a nonprofit, so that's not me. Or Jose, you know, you were already preaching and you're doing this thing. That's not me. When the Holy Spirit was given and now he has been given, it has happened. We don't have to wait for it to happen. He, the Spirit is here and has come. Because this is true, this is possible for everyone and anyone that God wants to do that kind of thing through. And this is where we need to expand our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Because we have the Holy Spirit, is, is he going to always work this way? No. But is he going to work this way? Yes. And that's why, as a community, we want to grow in understanding so that when we are talking to one another and we're praying and we're communicating and we hear things from one another, like, wow, that was deep or that was insightful or, oh, that was confusing, we can bring this to God together and discern because in bewilderment on the day of Pentecost, God raises up Peter to explain what God had already done. Which leads to my second thought that we need to remember. So God speaks through the living word and God speaks through the written word. God speaks through our prayer. Yes, God's going to speak in ways that are visual. But the second one I want us to remember today is we hear God through other disciples. Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So Peter, who is immersed in the Bible, Peter who is a living disciple to Jesus, Peter who has just been praying, listening to God, he receives the gift of the Holy Spirit and he's able to connect the dots in a way that helped more than 3,000 respond, which tells me there must have been way more than that because everyone didn't respond. So thousands and thousands and thousands get a taste of what God is like through the lips of one of his servants. So the Spirit's coming is not just so that we can get glimpses, visions, and dreams, things that God wants to do that will move us in his direction, sure, but it also is so that we will remember when we hear from one another, God can be and is often speaking to you through other Jesus people right next to you. We want to embrace this. Now, that doesn't mean that that person's character is perfect. Does that mean that person is always accurate in their understanding of the Bible? It doesn't mean that, that, that someone's application of what you should or shouldn't do is always in alignment with the way of Jesus. But we have to remember we need one another. And what we want to particularly grow in as a community, and this is my prayer and dream, is that we will be good listeners one to another. One thing that the pandemic did, which was helpful, was it, it made us ask the question, why do I even come to church? A lot of people are still wrestling with that question. Some of you have answered it because your mom made you come. I love you, mom. Thank you for dragging your whole family. Um, why come? 
And then, you, and then so you ask the logical question, well, I can just like, I can download this podcast and I can listen to my favorite that and I've got my Audible and I've got my Kindle or my book library and print or electronic, which saves paper. And, and I, I've, I, I, can, I, can, I can feed myself. So, so why go to a place? Isn't that so antiquated? Remember the days when you went to church? Now I just consume all of my God stuff in my own bubble. And here is why that is a limited approach to following Jesus. They were together in the room and the spirit made visible what they could not perceive. It happened when they were together, calling on God. So there is something valuable, but I think the second part is equally valuable. They heard from one another this person is speaking in tongues, but it's a language that that person knows, and it shows the interdependent nature of following Jesus. We were created by God for God to be interdependent. We are dependent on him. We're not independent. We are interdependent. Not only, so, so someone say, well, great, I got me and all my content, uh, and that's limited because we are called to be interdependent on the B-O-D-Y of Christ. The body. And so body, why, why engage in, in not just the Sunday morning where it's singing and then communication this way. But for us, you know, this church, this is part one. But part two is taking what happened or you, you shared and now you sharing with other people around what you heard and understood, what was helpful, what was confusing. And the, the, the sharing that you have one to another is where the Spirit of God wants to speak most frequently. And so the beauty of being connected to Jesus is now the Holy Spirit can speak God's words to me. Of course, through Jesus, there's none like him. Of course, through the scriptures, infallible, perfect in every way, useful in every way. Of course, in times of intimacy with God, where I talk and I listen and I write and I pray and I pour out my heart. But we have to remember, God wants to maybe bring out some things that we weren't accustomed to, uh, some moments where his presence is real, where he awakens our senses, that's good. And he also wants to use other people for our development. And when I think about how often I have heard from God, the majority of the time, it has been when I've been around other people who are following Jesus and, and they shared something and it spoke life to my soul. Have you ever been there? Whether it's in your community group or at a conference or at a gathering or whatever, where it was through the words of someone else, it was as if that person was speaking to me. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it over the years. I'm humbled by it. Where someone will say, Jose, you made that statement and it spoke to me. To which sometimes I reply, I don't even remember saying it. I literally, and what did I say? I don't even remember saying it. But the Spirit in His wisdom communicates the love of the Father and the work of the Son through His children, not just through preachers. Hear me. If you're 15, you can be used of God. 
and you should expect it. It shouldn't be like, wow, that was weird. It should be, well, that's what Jesus does. And you don't have to wait until you're quote-unquote mature, because those of us who are older know that age does not mean maturity. It just means wrinkles, okay? <laughs> age means wrinkles. And then a couple more I'm not even going to touch on this morning, but we'll look at it in the next few weeks. You notice there were tongues. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What are tongues? And, and does it just show up here? No, it shows up again. And what, is, what are tongues about? It's not just one thing. It's about multiple things. We'll get into that next week. Prophecy, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit on those day, in those days, and they, men and women, young and old, will prophesy. What is that all about? We'll spend at least two, maybe three weeks unpacking with a view to say, the goal would be like, you can say, oh, that's what it is? I think I've received that before. I actually think I was involved in that. I, this is not the hyper-spiritual gifts that are poured out on a few people in a few places. This is at a level for all of us to enjoy because the Spirit wants us to know the mind and heart of the Father and the work of the Son, and it is available to everyone. And that's why Joel's prophecy is so important. That's why Peter shares that verse, because it used to be a few, and now with the coming of the Spirit, it's available to all. So what am I saying? If you didn't write anything down, write this one down, and I am done. When the Holy Spirit comes, men and women, young and old, will hear God and follow his leading. The Holy Spirit will work through anyone who is willing and available. Isn't that good? Anyone who's willing and available can be used by God in any, am I saying God will use everyone in every way? No, of course not. But is God able to do anything through anyone? Yes. And this is where we want to have an open heart, not a foolish heart, not a presumptuous heart, because we're going to talk about how do we discern? How do we think through? How do we test? How do we know that we know that we know? How do we give space for people to share their heart and get it wrong? And you know what? That happens in the church, and the Bible actually talks about that possibility, and what to do. So we're not always going to get it right. We're not the Bible. The Bible is always right. But sometimes we're going to share our heart and be slightly off, really off, 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 off. And we're going to love one another and we're going to encourage one another because we want to hear from God, which is the greatest gift. So here's your exercise, and I encourage you, if... Um, if you're going to honor your mother, maybe do this tomorrow. Take 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, if you say, I don't have 30 minutes, <laughs> you have 300 minutes. Take 30 and do a timer for 15 and just read the Bible for 15 minutes. Don't look at your clock. Just when the thing goes off, stop reading, okay? So you give yourself 15 minutes to just read the Word of God. Where do you read? Yeah, I don't care. It's all profitable. Uh, John may be more, a little more profitable than Leviticus, but read it all. <laughs> just, 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 just read 15 minutes. Now, that could mean the same paragraph for 15 minutes, the same line for I, You just go at a pace that you love. 
And when it goes off, you can keep your eyes open to the text. Just listen for 15 minutes. Listen. Don't tune out. That may mean reading it again. What came to mind? What was interesting? What was, what was new? What was confusing? What other verses or thoughts that lead you to? Did someone pop in your mind? Did a situation pop in your mind? Whatever it is, just write those things down and then pray those things. That's it. Um, and what you're going to begin to do is begin to create pathways that give you space to actually anticipate hearing from God. Because I think sometimes we just don't hear because we don't even think it's possible. Or if it's possible, it's not going to happen for me. So let's just begin there. And then next week and the weeks after that, tongues, prophecy, these other manifestations of the beauty of God called the Holy Spirit. We'll look at those as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering Podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.